Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast for cozy introverts. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, what's the deal with healthcare now? Hey, Megan. Hello there. What's new with you this week? Oh, you know, uh, getting ready to be in Illinois. You're get. You are like it is. It is the final hour. It's the final countdown. It yeah, it's hard to realize that like by the time this airs, I will actually like be in Illinois. You will real. live here. Yeah. This is the last night. We're recording on a Sunday instead of a Tuesday, which is very confusing for my brain. Yeah. But <laughs> it's true. Well, this, is, this is the last night we're spending in our house. Oh. Which I'm actually not that sad about, which is I was going to say, how are you feeling about that? But I'm not feeling sad at all. I don't know. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's good. It's, it's weird that I, I guess I thought it'd be sadder. But I maybe because we're like, we're not like leaving immin- imminently. Like we have to be here for a couple more days to like clean up and close and stuff so maybe you'll be back at the house at some point (laughs) pretty soon you gotta go boss around i mean right now i'm just like so tired (laughs) right because you're just trying to get all the things in all the boxes and it's it's a lot it's a lot so i cried a little bit yesterday it's fine (laughs) we're only like a tiny bit stressed it's okay (laughs) I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this year is just so, like, anxiety-ridden anyway that what's what's a little more anxiety? What's a little bit more moving stressed at this point? Yeah, and, you know, my kid, my older son is stressed about it, too, and we we both cried yesterday, actually, when Aww. there was some, some stuff happening, and I was just like, I know it's happening, like, it's happening so quickly, like, normally when you move somewhere, you have so much longer time to like think about what's going on and like yeah. ramp up to it and say goodbye and all this stuff and like it's totally you can't do that with covid but right also it's gone pretty fast yeah so well, it's a whirlwind it's okay you will be here soon and then i'm never moving again <laughs> <laughs> you're dying in this house what is it about what is it about these old buying these houses that makes us say we're dying here <laughs> My children will have to deal with this house. It's fine. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. It's great. <laughs> so last time we had today's guest on was the first week of March, and which was just before the world as we effectively knew it fell apart. So since so much of the health healthcare world has changed in the last six plus months, we decided it was time to have her back for a little bit of an update. I'm especially excited to talk to her today because I missed the last episode. I was, uh, I think it was gallivanting in Europe. You were. You were in Ireland and stuff. Yeah. It was really rough. Back when you could Um, travel. (laughs) But I did miss recording the podcast. So please welcome back friend of the pod and public health professional, Erin Howes. Hi, ladies. Hello. I hope I was laughing. I was like, I hope you enjoyed that final trip you took, Megan. <laughs> I actually had one more trip after that, which is like crazy to think about. But good, crammed him in. What a different world. <laughs> Very strange. So let's let's go ahead and give the listeners a refresh on who you are and what you do. 
Absolutely. So I'm Erin House. I've been friends with Steffi for years, which is fantastic, which is why I always love coming and listening and then hanging out with you all and getting to meet Megan now. And I um, have my master's in public health from the University of Illinois at Chicago. And I work in um, healthcare in a setting where it's community health focused. So we are um, providing that primary care. Um, so you're looking at your family medicine, pediatrics, OB-GYN, um, that kind of stuff, your, your family medicine. And so I work in the public health, population health and quality improvement initiatives that are related to that primary care. So the behind the scenes that you never even know is going on when you go for your average doctor's visit. So ensuring that um, the providers that I'm with are ready to give that high quality and high standard care and that they're meeting different metrics. And so it's a lot of data analysis. I love a good Excel sheet and I love working with people. We love spreadsheets. (laughs) Anyone who's listened to the pod for like more than five minutes knows that we're nerds that love spreadsheets. It's fine. Yeah. Freaking the sheets as we say at work inappropriately. (laughs) As we say, it's fine. So last time you were on, we chatted all about healthcare advocacy and how you can and should be your own advocate at the doctor. And we're going to circle back to that here in a little bit towards the end. But let's just straight the gate. Let's address the elephant in the room. How much of the healthcare world in particular has changed since last time we talked? So can you tell us a little bit about how your job has changed in the last six months? Yeah, I have a job that's very much tied to, you know, we we use the word quality a lot in healthcare. And you'll see that in any profession, right? Meaning, of the highest standard, which has direct um, relations to patient safety. So often in healthcare, we put quality and safety in the same job titles and in the same role. And it was this weird um, moment where I realized that what I wanted patients to have was no longer safe. And things that I had always like worked on, like diabetes care and getting your mammograms and getting cervical cancer screenings and getting your vaccines that to me was a direct correlation to your safety was suddenly out the window and having to like rework my, the entire way I viewed my role um, specifically. And then also the bigger part of healthcare as like, oh my gosh, these places where we once were safe are no longer safe. Um, and that was, I'm very much, you know, reflecting on like March, April, May, when, you know, I'm in Illinois and Chicago specifically, where it was just a, you know, ghost town, um, and everything was completely shut down. And so that was a lot of what happened in my own role and kind of trying to rewrite that playbook of like, okay, well, like none of that went away. So how do we still work on all those things um, without seeing each other, right? Like your own colleagues and without seeing your patients. <laughs> so my people, role very people much- People still need to get paps. People still need to get mammograms. Yes, people uh, still have diabetes. What do we do yeah, now? It didn't go anywhere. And not to mention, you know, as you all know, like all these things were exacerbated. You take any mental health condition, you take anything that required meds, um, you know, frequent visits, labs, monitoring. I mean, done. You're basically like taking care of your condition in the dark blind. And um, that it's just been wild. So a lot of, you know, obviously switched to telehealth. That was a huge part of my role and kind of trying to rework um, what does safety and quality look like when we can't be with each other. And just quickly before we go to the next question, you actually are sort of living this 
in a double way because your husband, Kevin, is a therapist. Mm -hmm. And so he had to switch to doing telehealth. And so you're two basically healthcare professionals trying to figure out how to do these jobs remotely, which is so interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that's been fun. (laughs) At least you no longer live in the one bedroom apartment. Oh my gosh, never was there a better year to go from 400 square feet to a normal-sized condo. (laughs) That was a blessing. Also, sound machines are great. That was was the first thing I purchased. I was like, you know, my HR department has this. I'm buying you this. The first day he was at home, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And now there's a wonderful sound machine outside the room, which I also use. When there's like video games happening. So multiple uses. I need to get me one of those. Yeah. My husband also works from home with me. Not with me, but we both work from home. And mm-hmm. uh, not awesome. Marriage savers. <laughs> sometimes I get sometimes I get texts from Megan that are like, he's still at this house. He's never leaving right. this house. He's no. never getting the job where he has to leave. And then we had COVID. So I was like, but please, please go away. Like, great. <laughs> Yeah, maybe sound machines are just way better. They're they're for way more than like drowning out the noise of the baby sleeps. It's just lots of useless for white noise machines. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I've already learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Erin, you did an informal poll of your friends in preparation to see what anxieties and other big feelings they're having about going to the doctors these days. So what kind of things were your friends at talking about? Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I'm very close to this field. So it's it's obviously hard to kind of re-envision it as a consumer. And that's I know it's probably weird for people to think, but like when you're a patient, you're a consumer of a business. And um, when you're in it, you're like, oh, I don't know. What, do, what are people wondering? Like I'm here every day, so um, I'm too close. And so it was neat to see, um, you know, it was, a, it was like a mix, right? So we've got like 75% of, and again, this is my circle. So you're already biased, but you know, they're like, yes, I am keeping up with like my doc or my gynae or therapist through telehealth. Right. So this really shows the importance that that has made in the past few months. I mean, I don't even know what we would have done without that option. So you've got a good majority of people who have tapped into that. And then, but then on the other side, it was like 60% of them were like, yeah, but I'm putting off other things because I don't want to go back. And that is exactly what I've experienced in my job. It's like, we can only do so much on telehealth. It's been a fantastic placeholder. I think it will be supplemental in the future, but you still have the majority of people who are putting off needs um, because they're not sure about going back yet. Yeah. You can't get a pap smear over telehealth as... No, I've made that joke at work. So I I don't think it was, I don't think the doctors thought I was as funny as you two will. So thank you. I'm glad we can make that joke here. I was like, it'd be pretty hard to do a pal. (laughs) Yeah, because like I had really intended to get my annual, which I was like, two years behind on if we're being really honest, but I had intended to get a pap in like, May and then only just last week got it done because I was like ah, oops yeah same thing yep. with my dentist I was supposed to go to the dentist in uh, May yeah, I and I only just went oh, yeah. that's a rough one at least the pap you can keep your mask on like the dental yeah, care the might be the <laughs> yeah that is the darkest it's one scary. my poor dentist <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know yeah for I both just, people well, and 
And Erin, like you were with me, like what was it, like six weeks ago or something? I came up for my colonoscopy because this was like the year that I was supposed to have one, and I was like, well, apparently my colon doesn't care that it's 2020. We just have to keep keeping on and yeah. do these things. Your colon and- does not give a crap. <laughs> no, <laughs> literally, <laughs> it gives plenty of craps. It gives so many craps, but not about COVID. <laughs> not about COVID. So yeah, there's just like certain things that you can't you can't do over tell. There are there are things that you can do over telehealth, but certain things you just can't. I mean, even my friend was experiencing this. Like her daughter, they thought she had an ear infection. Her like two year old, they thought she had a, had an ear infection, and the doctor was like well we'll do a telehealth visit Mm. and they were like they got on and she was like well here i'm listing off her symptoms the exact same way i did over the phone when i called to make the appointment and they're like well yeah maybe you need to bring her in so we can look at her ear yeah like (laughs) there are certain things you just can't do over a video chat so correct at least you're in this really weird place of having to figure out what am I feeling comfortable with? So obviously we have reached a point where, you know, but I think back in March, we were like, oh, I'll wait a couple months. But we've reached a point where this has gone on and will continue to go on long enough that we can't just postpone all of these things until mm-hmm. things are, quote, safe or, quote, normal again, because who knows when or if that'll ever be. So let's first cover what should not be put off anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting you say that too, because when I was prepping for today, I wanted to like, get up on some research and you know in my head I was thinking about safety of course and like the people are delaying care about fear of course and like you're going to catch the virus you're going to be back in like a hot spot area but the other thing I, I want to be cognizant that a lot of people are delaying healthcare because they've lost their job or they've also and or their insurance and so they're not only putting off care where I was immediately assuming like, right, like a fear of the virus. Um, But it's also been this add on of like, well, I don't really want to go find out I have something wrong. Or I, you know, like when you start something, and it's just that spiral of like visits and bills. And um, so I found that super interesting, too. I mean, of course, food and rent and things are going to come way before your like, therapy, or your man, you know, or and especially older folks, if they have more going on, you know, so that was, um, kind of like, I was like, oh yeah, duh. Um, but you know, so sad and eye opening. And I want to give some of that knowledge too, of like what people's options are. But, um, okay. So like you really, first of all, I, my other question on my Instagram was to like my healthcare folks, cause that's definitely more my network of like, what do they really want you to know? So like the doctors and the ERs and stuff are like people delayed urgent care, right? Like mm-hmm. waiting until like staying at home with heart attacks. This has been like one of the most commonly thing seen thing that you can look back now and see like, oh, you had a heart attack while you were at home, wow. right? And so really um, there's this worry um, that from the medical provider side that people are staying home because they thought that was the right thing, right? We're trying to do the like public health side, hashtag stay home, save lives. And then you're ignoring your own like urgent health, right? So it's kind of that balance, like multiple things can coexist. Um, so no longer ignoring your urgent care. And that can be something as, you know, it's flu season, things that are, might seem small, like go get that stuff checked out. And of course, all the way to like heart attacks and oh, things like that. Like, so conditions were worsening um, because they weren't seeking that out. So that's my, my big one, right? Is like, you need to go if you're having something urgent. And then, you know, I, 
get emotional about things, you know, especially with Steffi and, you know, cancer screenings. And we know that months make a difference. I mean, this whole like, oh, just, you know, delay your mammogram a few months. I, I don't even know. We don't know yet the lives we will lose because we did that. Yeah. And cancer will kill more people this year than COVID by a lot. And as a public health professional, I am in no way downplaying a pandemic, but we still have numbers of other things that take our family members' lives and people that we love. And yeah. And I'll put that into perspective for listeners that don't know. My mom passed away from breast cancer three years ago and she had, she had a mammogram in October and by the time she was, and she was, it was a clean mammogram. By the time she was diagnosed in late June of that following year, so like nine months, maybe uh, eight months, nine months, she was already at stage, she had stage four metastatic breast cancer. So, like, when we talk, when Aaron and I talk about like months make a difference. We went from clean mammogram to like eight months later, stage four had already spread. So don't put that shit off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my spiel. So while cancer is like my really big example, and I pray that that doesn't hit home for everyone, um, but even things like your mental health, I mean, the darkness that ensued for even the healthiest person, right? Um, let alone if you had pre-existing conditions um, and all your routine care. So there's like all these age-based guidelines, right? So it's probably going to be listeners pushing their parents and grandparents, right? Like putting not putting off the mammograms, the colonoscopies. Um, and then of course, PAPs. Now, if you're someone where you're a young woman, healthy, you have no family history, okay, a few months is not going to affect the large masses. But if you've had an abnormal pap and you're on a schedule where you're supposed to get a repeat every year, that is critical because those cells change, right? So those are the types of things. And then you have your more standard care. You know, my husband has diabetes. We, we can't go without those labs. You might take a thyroid medication. You need those labs because that's how they uh, determine your dose. Um, so many people with asthma, right? Like you have to have that quick visit to check on your lungs, as the seasons change and flu seasons coming up. And so the list goes on. It's, I really don't even have an example of what you don't have to delay right now. Um, yeah. Because the chances are you were putting it off anyway. So I'm, I'm doing this big push of like, go now. And the reason is it's flu season. And we're all about, if I've learned anything about safety during this time, it's about bundling. So if you're going to go anyway, you want to get as much done as you can. It's like a massive shopping spree. Um, you know, you're not going for one lab. You're like, you're not going to go for one pair of shoes. Like we're doing the whole outlet mall. Like yeah. get your flu shot, get all the labs you could possibly need. Maybe if you don't need a pap for like three more months, just get it now. You know, we don't know what the winter's going to bring. And, you know, we kind of have it under control right now in a sense that, We've got this nice hybrid of telehealth. We've got empty waiting rooms going on. Like, it's like, I, I don't know, Steffi, I thought your colonoscopy was flawless. I thought it was smooth. Yeah. I felt safe. Everyone, I brought Steffi. It was a very important husband that day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we can, like, spouse, we're, <laughs> <it's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're doing these things. Like, I felt safe in the waiting room. I thought in the back, everything looked great, spread out, masked. So um, no more delaying. It's my spiel. And get your flu shot while you're there. That brings up a good point, actually. It's you when you are making those doctor's visits. What should you be looking for to know that it's going to be safe? What's how can you screen the safety of the doctor or the clinic sure. or the dentist or anything like that if you're not doing a telehealth? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's actually kind of nice because sometimes they'll pair your visits. Like I know we laugh about the ear infection, but sometimes to cover their butts, they'll want to do the telehealth visit first because what if they brought someone in that didn't need to be exposed, right? <laughs> yeah. So your, your telehealth visit is kind of like a triage now. And while they're triaging you, you can also be checking in on them and kind of um, getting your list of questions together. It's, it's the same way, like, right? You don't want to go out to eat somewhere now that's gross. Like just put on your same thinking hat. So some things that I think everyone should be asking, um, what screeners are you doing for all the patients that are coming in person, right? Like what are your screening questions? Um, you know, what physical, you know, making sure that they have one. <laughs> Cause I had like a dentist appointment and they didn't ask me anything. And I was like, are they going to? And my sister had gone a week before. So she was like, yes, they will. But I wanted, I wanted to know before I even went. <laughs> Right. <laughs> because if they're going to ask me, that's awesome. Cause they're asking everybody. Right. Um, another big one. Do you have a decreased schedule? Like, I really don't want you all going places that have decided that they need to bring as many people in as possible. Right. Cause we still have to balance this, the safety issue. So I want to hear that your doctor's office is taking like 25% of capacity. You know, that they should have this hybrid model of, yes, they're still caring for patients with telehealth, and then the people that are coming in are high priority, need to have something done, and that they're paced throughout the day so that there's time to clean um, and be able to social distance. Yeah, I know our, pediatri our pediatrician is having all the healthy patients, like, in the morning, and they're exactly off the Perfect. afternoon for anyone that's not a well visit. Perfect. That's really common. I've heard that with like a lot of the peds practices. So I love that. Are your well visits in the morning and you're doing more urgent things in the evening? Um, are you doing urgent at all? Or are you referring them to somewhere else? You know, so kind of just get a sense of what their, what their flow is kind of interview them. Um, and then the final really big one is, okay, yeah, you're screening me. Great. What are you doing for your staff every day? Um, because those are still very important people that are being exposed all day, which is scary for them, of course, then you're also coming into contact. So you want to know that the staff feel safe and then therefore that passes down to you. So are you taking their temperatures and how many times a day, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. So those are my big, um, things that you can kind of ask. Cause I know people aren't taking, not everywhere is equal right now. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of wild how there's, I, like I was texting you and because I have to go every six weeks for an appointment that's at one of the hospitals here. And I shit you not, my nail salon is taking more like visible precautions than I see this hospital taking. <laughs> Like the instant you walk in the door to get my nails done, there's a temperature check. You're washing your hands. I see them like cleaning everything. Like the instant someone stands up, like all of these things. And the hospital was recently bought by like a different company. And the minute that happened, they eliminated those temperature checks at the door. Like now it's just on the different offices in there to do it. But there, there was previously like two levels of checks and now there's one and it's sort of spotty and I'm like yeah you know we get, get comfy yeah can I go get my nails done instead that seems safer at this yeah point, maybe I could get my flu vaccine while I get my nails done that sounds like my favorite day that sounds like a public <laughs> health That'd be amazing. woman's dream <laughs> should get on that. now yeah, we're talking we're we're all making appointments now. Come on. <laughs> right? Right? No, that devastated me, Steph, when you told I was like, oh, God. But 
you know, it's true. It's like these restaurants, like a lot of people who have their kind of livelihood riding on it, they want to do their absolute best. And then sometimes it's like your health professional who got a little comfy or they're like, yeah, this, we've always done this. We're kind of good. And then you, that's when you get lax. Um, so that's a great point and you need to screen them. You need to look out for yourself. Yeah, for sure. So obviously a lot of the things we talked about in our first episode together was about being your own healthcare advocate and those things still apply, but are there new things that we should thinking about or doing now when it comes to advocating for ourselves in this, in this scary new world? Hmm. It's hard. I, I almost think a lot of the healthcare advocacy has been taken to the streets. Um, right. It's like this, mm-hmm. how did like when I feel like when I wear my mask around my neighborhood, I like, it's like a statement now. It's like when you're in my neighborhood, you wear your mask. And sort of this grassroots effort. Yes. Now it's like if you don't have a mask in my neighborhood, you're like the weird one and you feel ashamed and you want to go home and get your mask. Like when I forget mine, I feel shameful when I'm like walking the dog. (laughs) So I'm like hiding in my scarf now. Um, So it, you know, I think that there's that, right? So you want to be an advocate now, like almost everywhere you go. I like how you phrase that. It's like your own grassroots effort. Mm -hmm. Start in your community. Um, When you have kids, man, that's just such a great uh, group to teach and just be an example. And they are too. Um, And, you know, we're doing funny things like in my group of friends, like, we always wear our masks if we have to go inside to go to the bathroom or like we all bring our own wine glasses now and like we bring our own little bowls that no one's sharing snacks or sticking their hand in the same bag. So I think there's like little fun things you can do to like bring still have your sense of community and your joy um, with the people you love. But like right. be that's you setting an example and being an advocate in a new way. So that's like down the grassroots side. And then I think it's just all about like I always call it like yelping. Um for your doctor and like all your providers. I mean, I seriously like can't go to a, I takes me like an hour to find a restaurant in in a new city because I'm insane and have 20 tabs open of like reviews and I don't know where to eat. And then I have to look at the pictures because what if this pad thai is different than that pad thai? And then to go to a doctor, you're just like, I don't know. Right. What like, is my yeah, insurance this one's up on Google? Cool. <laughs> this one's <laughs> nearby. Um, so yeah, it's the same thing. Like, you know, just it, put the same critique that I know we all have on other, like the nail salon, right? Like put those same, that same lens on when you're choosing um, your providers. And now you just have a new COVID list, right? If before you really wanted a female or someone from with a certain training, like a midwife, or, you know, you had things that were important before, and then now add on your own safety and if they don't have it you don't go there (laughs) yeah yeah that makes sense that that makes sense so that's my advocacy tips just you gotta you just gotta roar (laughs) (laughs) be loud so what do you do though if you you have your list of requirements and you can't find someone oh it's a sad scenario um (laughs) Yeah. I so, I, I mean, it, I'm sure that happens. happens a lot. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, make sure that you've gone to, like, your own network, right? Like, we all have um, friends and family and people who may have tested things. So, maybe if it, like, isn't hitting all of your checks, that personal recommendation can really go a long way, right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to find someone for my hair. Some, and, like, it's, like, their Instagram is, like, not cute. But my friend said they were great, right? So, I'm, like, okay. <laughs> So like, 
maybe I go, right? Like, no, they don't have the greatest pictures, but like this person looks great. So I think like going back to the finding other ways to, to screen, but safety just really has to be the top one right now. So I hope that you can at least find that. And then maybe your doctor is like a little more of a hard ass and doesn't have the greatest bedside manner, but you didn't get COVID. Like, we're doing balance right now. Yeah, later on down the line, you can find someone else. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Safety first right now. We're and then, take, um, what you know, get, get what you right need now. done. I know. I hate. <laughs> right. I hate saying that, but it's like, uh, I hope people can find everything they're looking for. It might take some time. Absolutely. But I've been met with nothing but compassion and, and love. And these healthcare workers are doing everything they can right now. So I really hope that they would at least find someone that met, even if it was the nurse when, or someone when they checked in or the lab person, like someone made you feel mm-hmm. loved and taken care of that day. Yeah. So last time you talked about federally qualified health centers and some of the services that they provide, uh, have they added or boosted any services since COVID that maybe people should know about? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been a really interesting time. So federally qualified health centers are receive large funds, right? The word federal is right in there. So they do receive federal backing in terms of um, finances and that's all through HRSA, um, a branch of our government. And so we, uh, during this time, have actually been very fortunate that a lot of that federal money did go back into healthcare um, for a variety of reasons so that we wouldn't have to furlough um, necessary staff and so that we could see more patients. So um, we were able to take a lot of that and get things like ways to improve our telehealth services or um, more capacity um, in terms of being able to bring people in because we were able to put in screeners and things. So like the physical, sorry, like barriers and, um, you know, temperature checks and the plexiglass. And so that was great. And, but then we've also been able to expand, like we have been the the source of COVID testing. I mean, before the departments of public health had anything, like we were doing testing. Um, so we've been a huge source in the community to be able to come uninsured, undocumented, what have you, and still get COVID tests. So, um, I think a lot of that has been, uh, helpful. (laughs) It's been different, but financially it's, it's, the government, I will say they don't do a lot of things that I approve of, but there has been um, a good amount of uh, financial resources channeled into community health centers, uh, which I think we're all really appreciative of. Yeah, which has a double, uh, you know, double importance because you just talked about how a lot of people are putting off going to the doctor because they've lost their jobs, they're no longer insured. And we talked last time about how these, the FQHCs, the Federal Qualified Health Centers, are great places to go if you don't have insurance, if you're underinsured, you know, if you are undocumented, all of these things, that you can get those primary care services mm-hmm. and not completely bankrupt yourself in the process correct yeah if it's not for you i think in the long run i think we have we used to have this image of like what a community health center was right that there were like 80 people in the waiting room and like kids running everywhere and like and it's just we're really moving away from that image where you walk in you're like oh this looks like every doctor's office i've ever been in i mean there's the waiting room there's your primary care or ob gyne or peds and people are getting the care they need at um 
a fair price or if they don't have any insurance, you know, um, still being able to get it on a sliding scale based on income. So, and that in- would include meds, labs, and then any of your referrals. And I think that's one of the hardest working teams in a health center is if you need to go out, like if you do need that mammogram and you're terrified because you lost your coverage this year, like we're going to find ways to cover that for you. Like that's where we have grants and connections and people that will make sure you get those screenings um, in hopes that when you get, uh, when you're working again or you get insured again, that you're ready to go. So, and you're not delaying things because of finances. Yeah. And let's remind listeners how they can find a health center near them. I know. I always have to Google this. So if you um, like type in, <laughs> even you just, just know it's like your brain. Is I know. I just know. I like know on every corner. I'm like, Ooh, it's like a McDonald's. Um, so <laughs> find you can type in like, so I'm in Illinois. So you could just Google FQHC Illinois. And there is an FQHC.org where you can go to your state and find the ones that are closest to you. Um, there also is a type of health center that we call rural health centers, um, functioning the same exact way, but really focused on the same model, but adapting it to rural um, areas. So, you know, a health center in Chicago has very different needs than in central Illinois. So I love that we have those partners as well. So there are definitely going to be places by you ready to serve. They are all over Illinois and the country. So fqhc.org is a great way to start. So since we are talking about doctors and COVID, what should people not ask their doctors I would be remiss if I didn't do this one because my healthcare friends are like going crazy. Um, I want to preface this that I gave a um, Illinois Wesleyan, my alma mater, invited me back to talk about public health. And I like had this whole great speech prepared and all about like what I do, which is pretty much what we're doing today. And like my big messages for 18 year olds who are thinking about public health, right? I felt very Michelle Obama and I was going to inspire the youth. And all their questions were like, when is the vaccine coming out? And I was like, oh my God, you guys, like I'm, I'm not Dr. Fauci. Like I'm so flattered that I'm like giving this aura. Um, I aspire, but I was like, oh my God, I'm just like a random lady from Chicago who like is passionate about vaccines. Um, but I don't like make vaccines. Um, I, so I, I was just trying to tell them like, these are all excellent questions. I never want to stop that critical thinking. And this was actually a great space for it. But my friends in healthcare, right, you get all these nurses that are like working these triage lines, and they are just flooded with calls. And when you are the person who is like calling your doctor's office to ask when vaccines will be there, (laughs) like for COVID, um, you are taking up the line and the like, emotional like uh stamina of a nurse who needs to help other people um a lot of calls about like well can i go on my vacation to arizona with my mom you know like these are not helpful ways um (laughs) these are not good uses of your provider's time um because they are just gonna tell you what you can google right which is this is uh, i hate this word i never want to hear it again but unprecedented times And no one went to med school and learned about COVID, right? So, you know, they are reading and getting the same info, unfortunately, that you can find online, which is that, you know, we're in these trials and we don't know who's really going to get those. We don't know when they're going to be ready. You know, so before it was like, 
um, all about testing, you know, and with the times every month, there's kind of like a new theme. And right now it's a lot about the vaccine and then antibody tests, like so many people calling their doctor and being like, can I get an antibody test? And it's like, you've like worked at home for six months and like went to a bar once and you now you think you (laughs) now you think you need an ant right and i'm like we have people like my husband's sister is on the front line delivering babies and like they can't get covid tests because there's not enough right like we want they want to save them for the patients they can't get antibody tested and they are on the front lines so like i really don't want to hear the like accountant you know calling in and being like i want an antibody test (laughs) (laughs) you're you're making people crazy so i love you all like i try to be optimistic you know i try to give a good light here but like i can tell you you are driving people crazy if that's you so let's all just keep doing it we're gonna wash in your file okay yes right like you're putting yeah you're gonna get that big like red alert where it's like difficult you know this is a karen like don't answer the phone (laughs) if you see this number like don't be that person and then when the poor nurse or receptionist whoever is like you know i don't know then don't be like well i want to talk to my doctor like your doctor is really tired (laughs) (laughs) so that's just my spiel so just be cognizant like we are yes there are very intelligent people that we're looking to and i love that and i love that people want to go to the source so call your doctor if you're concerned about your health or like you want to talk about you um but when it's just things like when will there be a vaccine like that's just not fair and even your the smartest people in your life just don't have that information right now um and if you ever have covid concerns just go get a test (laughs) <laughs> just just go do it you don't even need to tell anybody that you're gonna do it you just walk in anywhere now walk in if you're depending on where you are it's like drive through mm-hmm. it's literally in a field mm-hmm. where the where you would normally park for like the county fair you just See? drive through mm-hmm. you don't even get out of your car i love it very easy and it's not it's not as bad i mean i haven't the one i haven't had the one that goes all the way into your brain to your brain right i've had the normal one and it's really not bad so just do it see you can attest so those are just my things i love people's like good questions i love that everyone's so involved in public health now i think this is awesome but yeah some answers we just even the smart of us just don't have it right now (laughs) but that being said i will send you guys links because um there are some really neat um there's a website it's called the coronavirus prevention network um and they have an amazing faq section um and then all different info if you're interested in the clinical trials right for vaccines either just reading um about them or actually volunteering to be in them great awesome and we'll include that in our quick links for show notes that's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. So it's time to talk about joy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I was thinking about what I said last time. And I like so vividly remember how much I loved my hair. I just got a really amazing haircut. And if I would have known that, that was like the last time I would like my hair, because <laughs> I was going to be at home for like over six months from a pandemic. I would have like, I don't know. I would have like gone outside more or just walked, stood on the corner, <laughs> just let people I look at my hair. Sure more people could see me. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't do it enough justice. Ugh, here we are. Oh man. I, honestly though, like, I mean, I've gotten like dressed for real like twice in the last seven months. Mm-hmm. Like, no one sees me. What's the point in the effort? Mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah. I'm not gonna look cute for myself or my husband. He doesn't give a shit. He like, does not. Does not. <laughs> I wore like a V-neck yesterday, and I you would have thought I wore like my wedding dress. <laughs> like all day Kevin was like you look really good and I was like yes yes I do <laughs> thanks I know <laughs> it's a shirt it's not oh a workout outfit <laughs> <laughs> so okay so Aaron what is bringing you joy this time <laughs> other than the v-neck um yes. the home edit <laughs> I've oh. been I binge the home edit I went to the, a container store for the first time in my life, and I organized the pantry, and it's bringing me much joy. <laughs> okay, so Steffi and I were like totally right. We haven't seen, we haven't watched the show. No, not yet. But we we found their website, and we were like, no one lives like this. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, it's a great, hilarious, terrible show. Steffi, you're a lot like the girl on there. Actually, I was laughing. I was like, their banter is is pretty relatable. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> you'll have to watch and, and see, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that does sound like me and my friends <laughs> talking over each other and not listening. I mean, there is that. <laughs> mm-hmm. In a good way. They even say that. They're like, we talk over each other, and we just know. We just know what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, because we're all anyway. one brain. <laughs> How about you, ladies? What's bringing you joy? <laughs> Uh, Megan, you go. Uh, so yesterday, my friend came over. Um, <laughs> she was she was going to help me pack, but <laughs> she brought margaritas, and so instead, we sat on my patio and drank margaritas for like four hours, and it was amazing because we obviously haven't done that it forever, um, and it was like almost normal. No, we're like. You got to, like, get a little tipsy with your friend and just, like, be silly and not think about things. And it was really, really fun. And also, it was, like, kind of like a farewell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the two of us. And so that was really nice. And it made me really happy. Megan, I know, obviously, we're recording right now and not watching the Emmys. But my friends are texting me. <laughs> that will bring you joy is that Shit's Creek just swept all of the comedy categories. Wow. What? Really? Yes. They like, won all the comedy. One of my friends just texted me, Shit's Creek is sweeping the Emmys. And I said, Yay, I'm recording for the pod, so keep me updated. And then she said, Yeah, they won all the comedy categories I'm best writer, best like, director, best actress and actor, and best watch comedy. It like immediately after. I know. I was like, I, I kept it to my. I was like, Wait until Joy. Wait until Joy. Don't interrupt Aaron's <laughs> smart stuff to tell them that Shit's Creek is sweeping the Emmys right now. It's not that important. It makes me so happy. Like, oh. I know. I love them so, so much. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go back yeah. and, like, watch that. I'm going to have to watch it, yeah, because I would probably cry. I would probably I'm watching the. I'm watching the last season again right now, so. It's so good. I just love it so much. Um, so that is not, I mean, that is bringing me joy. It wasn't my planned joy. <laughs> it wasn't your planned joy, but it is bringing both of us joy. I know that. We much. would have planned joy. <laughs> <laughs> I scheduled uh, this joy. <laughs> I scheduled my joy. It came unscheduled. It's fine. I allow it anyway. My scheduled joy was that 
the weather has been really beautiful this past week and so i've been taking the baby for walks before bed every night in her little stroller and which we haven't done since she was itty bitty because then it got hot and muggy and i was like gross this is disgusting um (laughs) now that it's not disgusting anymore uh we've been going for little walks and it's been very delightful and actually so we go walk over towards Aaron's and my alma mater on the quad a lot. And I have ragged on the college students a lot because they're <laughs> back. But what I will say is that when they are on that campus, and actually even when they're just like walking like in the neighborhoods nearby, the college students have been so respectful about their masks. Mm-hmm. Like, on campus they have them on even outside all the time and if they're like near campus and they're walking with their roommate or something like the minute they see somebody that's like clearly just like a townie they put their mask on and i've been very impressed by them so i that has that has made me feel like oh i can go walk on the quad and i love that yeah so you know we went and walked today and then we took our little masks so we could show them the same respect that they were showing us Mm -hmm. so anyway but that's it so next week we are going to talk about the concept of women supporting women yeah there are some truths as well as some myths and misconceptions around this idea so we are going to dive into those until then leave us a review on apple podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform you can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon.